It's all about getting your foot in the door and getting that first opportunity. You right. get your first opportunity and then you can grow from there. Right. You can keep taking training classes. You can keep bettering yourself and mm-hmm. gaining more knowledge and more expertise. But it's really yeah. all about getting your foot in the door and just getting started somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then Lord knows where that can take you. Right. You can take off from there and go to heights you yes. never imagined. Hey, everybody, we are back for season two, episode two of the New Adjuster podcast. Super happy that you are here joining us today. My name is Murphy Bugs. I'm in our tr- property training department. With me today is my co-host. David James, also with the property training department. Uh, thanks thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. We're super happy to have you as well. Um, if you haven't seen our first episode, please go back and give it a watch. Uh, whether you do the audio on Apple or Spotify or the video on YouTube, we touched on a lot of great subjects when it comes to field and desk adjusting for property adjusters as we kind of recapped Hurricane Ian and what we learned from that storm and what are some future you know tips that we can have for new adjusters and for new catastrophes that are inevitably going to head our way. So again, thank you for joining us for this new episode. Today's episode is about preparing for deployment. So how are we going to get ready for deployment? And the first thing we're going to do is talk to the lovely Mrs. Deshaun Taylor uh, in our RDL department. Deshaun Deshaun, Taylor. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today. Do you first want to touch on what is RDL? What does that stand for? Absolutely. Thank you guys for me being here. I'm so honored. Um, So let's dive right in. Um, Recruiting, deploying, and licensing. Mm. That is what RDL stands for. Okay. So um, in order to get to step two with you guys being adjusters, you got to come through step one. And that is the recruiting part of it. And that is where the HR department steps in. And we kind of take you guys, hold you by the hand, and we walk you all the way through the process. Yeah, great. So when we talk about recruiting, developing, and licensing, what are the big keys there that everybody talks about is licensing, right? That's the first thing you got to have before you get started. So let's talk about first, what's the first license you got to have? What's the first one you got to have? And then really, what do you do after that? What are the next important ones? And how do you go about getting those? Where do you find them? How much do they cost? That kind of thing. Outstanding question. Question we get asked a lot. So um, the first thing you have to do is the state that you reside in. You have to obtain that first home state license. And there are some states that do not have uh, licensing. So we have a a cure for that as well. Mm -hmm. Regardless of whether or not you live in a state where you do not have a designated home state license, you still have to get a license and designate that license as your home state. Mm -hmm. There are several states, um, I'll be glad to name them. There are several states that do not require you to have a home state license. Um, For example, Washington, D.C., Colorado, Iowa. Illinois, Kansas, Maryland, those are states where you do not have to have a designated home state, but you still have to acquire a license and designate it. Those acquired licenses are Florida, Texas. Um, Make sure you choose a license that has reciprocity to make sure that you can use that license in several different states. Okay. So that's what- Say that word again. Reciprocity. Okay. Yeah. I never so, can say it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Reciprocal license. Yes. So you want to cha- you want to choose a Florida, you want to choose a Texas, and you want to make sure that those lines of authority carry over to the states that you'll be working those claims in. Right. You know what's interesting is that uh, the state of Illinois, I always say Illinois and I get in trouble and yelled at, but the state of Illinois does not require a home a license. Yes, yeah, correct. That's, 
but but it has a lot of damage. Yeah, my, my first ever state I worked with um, with a particular carrier was was in Illinois. Mm. Went to Chicago on my first ever deployment. I only had a home state license. I just mm. had Alabama, okay. and that was my first state I went and worked at because you didn't have to have a license wow. there. So that was okay. that was a bit different. So whenever you get your license, where do you where do you go? Are there some websites or places that you go to? And do you have to you have to take a test? What's the What's the cost factor of it? Those kinds of things. Good question. So we have a lot of um, our new adjusters coming on the scene. We try to advise them to go through Adjuster Pro. And mm-hmm. with CNC, we have a discount code. Mm-hmm. So um, okay. you go through Adjuster Pro and we have a discount code called CNC Pro where you get 20% off. I want to say it's 20% off. And you mm-hmm. take those pre-licensing um, tests and, and you go forward. Now, you move at your own pace. That's a good thing about getting that home state license. It's a 40-hour course. And you take your time. You make sure you maneuver through, you know, in a timely manner. You receive that first home state license where you pay for it. After that, you're pretty much home free. All of the ladies in the HR department, we are already chapter verse rehearsed and making sure that our adjusters, as they call in, especially new adjusters, we give them a recipe. We kind of put them on a track for deployment. Mm -hmm. And I always say to the adjusters, listen, you can get this information from anywhere, but you'd want to get it from the correct source. And so we try to encourage them. Look at those Gulf Coast states. Not only are they the best licenses to have in the beginning, because those are where the the hurricanes and, and, and whatnot and all of the Um, damage is due to um, a lot of those states down in the south also because it's heavily populated right the density is 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 astronomical in those states so we try to tell them start with your alabamas your floridas your mississippi the louisiana the texas texas being number one because it has reciprocity right so if you want to stay down in that area and then start to move up toward the, the southern eastern part of it um, the, the Georgias, the, the Carolinas, um, like I said, those are heavily dense and dense populated areas. And with heavily um, population comes heavy claims. Right. So if you want to stay working for a while, you may want to use that as a just as a form of beginning yeah. for most adjusters. Yeah. It's funny, not funny. It's interesting you say that. Um as far as licensing, I mean, the more licenses you have, the more deployable you are. Correct. Right? Absolutely. Uh, several states require a test, one of them being New York. Yes. Um, have you had conversations with uh, folks that get onto our roster? And, you know, is that one of the questions you ask? Do you have a New York license? Or what kind of feedback do you get as far as, no, I don't? Do you, what are, what are, what is, what are you hearing? Are they scared to take the, the test or, or is it a, Fear of unknown or what? It's pretty much a mixture. We do try to push that New York license testing um, um, very, very much so. Um, New York is almost like a diamond in the rough. Mm -hmm. So we encourage our adjusters, especially our seasoned adjusters. You know, you've been in the game for a while. You you look like you know what you're doing. You're feeling a little comfortable about it. Go ahead and take that leap of faith and try for that New York license. It is, um, it's, it's pretty tough. To test for, um, but it's going to take some dedication. It's going to take some commitment to it, and we encourage it because not only um, is it a, a great license to have, the line of authority allows for you to have high claim volume mm-hmm. um, along with it. So, mm-hmm. just taking the New York license with the fire line of authority 
Well, that kind of limits you. But if you go on in and you take that general line of authority, it kind of spreads you, uh, spread, spread you over, you know, a, a bigger wingspan to being able to get claims in. Right. Um, and so New York adjusters, New York license holding adjusters, they are they're deployable by an astronomical percentage over all the other adjusters who have 20 to 30 licenses. Mm, That's right. how intricate it is and important it is to have a New York license. Yeah, and I know it's always been told to me is like it's the golden ticket. You know, if you got that New York license, yeah. I remember when I took my test, I didn't enjoy yeah. doing it and it was difficult, but I'm yeah. glad I got it. It's mm-hmm. one that I'll never let expire. Mm-hmm. I think you said that too. Absolutely. I'll always yeah. keep that thing up to date because mm-hmm. it is such a tough license to get because it obviously the test comes with it. Okay. So absolutely. It goes it goes into investing. It's a it's a big cost up front, but it pays for itself. It does. You know, and yeah. the licensing piece in, in general is just um you know, investing in your career if that's what you want to do. It really is. It really is. In order to go into this industry, you know, some thought needs to go into it. It's not just about the hype of the money about it. Um, But I I tend to um, find myself telling the new adjusters, you know, you have to have a sense of empathy Mm -hmm. because you're dealing with, you're dealing with policyholders. You're dealing with people who may have gone to bed one day or one night one way. But the way that they make they wake up the next day is totally different mm-hmm. right. because their lives has changed yeah. really sometimes forever. Yeah. And so with that being said, it's, it is a, it is about the money, but then it's not. It is more about making sure that that policyholder is brought back and made whole again. Right. Mm-hmm. And, the, and we're their first step. Yeah, we are. Now, I know from from your side of things, you do a lot of the property recruiting, right, mm-hmm. for property based claims. Do mm-hmm. you see a lot of people calling in that are property licensed and they want to get into the field of flood or auto and different things like that? Do they come for one? Do they start out at one in particular and do they sort of branch out from there or do people kind of stay in their silos segmented to what they started in? Well, that's, I think that's where we're, we're, I think that's where we are most important as it relates to navigating them. We can't, we can't tell them um, what their preference is, right. but we can help navigate them to discover what their preference is, especially if they're new. Right. A lot of them, they call, they just want to be deployed. Sure. You they know, just do a something. lot of time. Yeah, right. exactly. They just want, well, I don't care. You know, I just put me on all the rosters. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, we try at that <clears> point <throat> to try to bring them in, you know, lasso them in and just, just, you know, make sure that I place you in the right place where you fit. Mm-hmm. Because I want to set you up to win. You know, I don't want to set you up to fail. Because if I set you up to fail, then you're going to fail the policyholder. Mm-hmm. And the, and once you fail the policyholder, then we all fail. Yeah, it's kind of that domino effect. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. yes, to answer your question, it's an excellent question. We get a lot, a lot of adjusters who, for whatever reason, they really don't know what area they want to be in. So we ask the little drill down questions, you know. Um, when you were taking your test for your license, um, what part of the test was easiest for you? Right. Um, all of our adjusters have to have, it's mandatory that they have both certifications, property certification as well as an auto certification. Right. So there, with the property cert, there's two parts. So we asked those drill down questions. What was easiest for you? Did you find yourself struggling with the property side of it? Did you find it easier for you to, you know, just nail the auto side of it? Sure. Well, auto may be where you 
may, you know, best fit. So we'd like to start you out there. We get a lot of questions about remote positions, right. a lot about remote. Um, and, and there's nothing to frown about remote because remote helps when it comes to um, your personal life being able, because life is going to happen for all of us. Right. Um, so we try to make, su- make sure that we put them again in position to succeed. So if remote is all you can do, if you just cannot come into the campus and work in the, the call center, then that helps to narrow down right. what preference you may have right. at that point. So, yeah. yeah, we get a lot of those calls. Yeah. What, um, when, when you talk about certifications, some of the questions that you may field or some of the questions that you may ask, do you, do you try to fill out or do you encourage or do you just simply ask um, if they have any certifications out, outside of uh, certain carriers? You know, for example, uh, the estimating software like Xactimate mm-hmm. or uh, I don't think Symbility offers a certification, but there mm-hmm. there's all types of industry certifications that you can obtain. Yes, sir. Uh, obviously, that would be um, uh, an additional feature or an added benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, do you do you have that? Uh, do you do you ask that question or do you do they absolutely come up absolutely with that? when well the first thing we do we check out the resume mm-hmm. and I'd like to talk if I could you know I don't want to segue too far away Go from right the question ahead. but mm-hmm. I'd like to talk a little bit about resumes. They are your first stop. I do not see you, I see your resume. So you want to make a great impression, but you have about a seven-second window to impress me with your resume. What does that mean? That simply means when I see your resume, you are a number along with, I'm sorry, I don't want to say you're a number, but you have about 18,000 people you're in competition with to get that deployment. So the reality of it is when you send that resume in, I've got about seven seconds to look at it. I'm looking for certain things. So the first thing I, I'm looking for is I need to see your experience. Mm-hmm. I need I need it to make sense. I need it to flow. I need to make sure, first and foremost, do not send your resume in a Word doc. Right. PDF that resume and send it in. But I better go check mine then. <laughs> <laughs> it might want to. But when you send it in, make certain that I'm able to see your experience. Make certain I'm able to see your licenses. Make sure I'm able to see your license numbers of all the states that you have licensing with. Make sure I'm able to see those certifications. Mm -hmm. If I don't see those and I have your profile in front of me, that's where the conversation deviates and goes directly into the certifications. Mm -hmm. One of the the, um, common practices of the ladies in the HR department is to push CNC certifications. Mm-hmm. You need to get certified. You, well, it's a must that you have to have it, but we have those opportunities where you can get certified, especially in the off season. We push train, dominate the off season mm-hmm. while it's slow. This is the time to go get that training under your belt and get those certs in. While it's slow is the time to go. We have to remember that. Yeah. That's a good yeah. saying. That's a yeah. good saying. So really you can, almost kind of direct folks in the right, you know, in the right area based on the initial tests they took, maybe even training classes that they're interested in. Right. I know for me, when I got started, you know, I was 
like most folks, I just want to get in the door, right? Yes. I just want to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, started in auto, moved to flood, ended up in property, and now, you know, mm-hmm. training on it. So, you know, when you have people come in that are brand new, is there a kind of an aspect or a field where folks typically get in first as opposed to others? Like, what's the first thing that most people get in right out of the bat? That's a great first question. thing, most thing, the I'm sorry, that is an excellent question. The first um, um, preference for most adjusters is that auto deployment. Okay. Um, it's not only is it remote, um, it is, it's, we have car accidents and I don't know the stats on, on how often we have car accidents and and whatnot, but auto deployments usually are year round, right? They're year round. They're not based on cats. They're not based on storms. You know, we're having car accidents all over the U S at any given second. So because that is a more popular one, that is one that they want to jump on like you said, the quickest and the earliest. And so with that being said, once they've gone to auto, we get a lot of calls with auto adjusters wanting to now switch over to property. Right. Because they've heard that, okay, well, I want to, I want to broaden my horizon. I want to try something with property. And we welcome, we welcome them because, you know, again, your life as you knew it today is not the same. So we welcome all adjusters. We don't turn anyone away. That's why we preach and we we scream, we holler, we tell them, dominate the off season. So even as a new adjuster, you've you've left the auto department, you're still now delving over into an area you've never delved over into before. Right. So we need to push that training. We need to make sure that you get that property training because it's it's kind of, you know, it can get a little wonky up in there trying to move from one world to a whole nother world. Sure. You know, until you find that niche. And so this is an industry where I, I absolutely love this industry because you can do that. You know, not a whole lot. Um, not a lot of us. I know me, myself, I don't know. I've changed jobs a lot, but I don't think I've changed careers a lot. Right. And it's a difference. So, but with this industry here, you can do that. For sure. I mean, you. I think you you nailed it as far as just getting st- get your foot in the door mm-hmm. and just getting started yeah. and adapting to it or adjusting right. to it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. taking an interest in it and, and trying to um, see where you can help folks and, and advance your career as yeah. well. Absolutely. Um, lots of opportunities out there, especially mm-hmm. you mentioned the remote. Mm-hmm. Um aspect of it i mean that's become more and more popular over the last right. couple of years yep. mm-hmm. um you know i know some firms they, they don't want to they they like for you to come in and, and if you're brand new come in and and mm-hmm. train you and right. help you right. set you up for success mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned that before making sure that you get it right um and you know give you the support that you need until you're able to be self-sufficient right. so I uh, think that's an important conversation to have. I'm sure you get uh, questioned on that. Is it a remote position? Well, yes. I mean, for the right person or for the right time, yeah. But, I mean, you mm-hmm. just don't want to automatically take it and then you not have the support around you. Mm-hmm. You're sitting at home, you know, staring at the four walls and you don't know what to do. My mm-hmm. biggest thing is um, ask for help. <clears throat> don't be afraid to ask for help if you need Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, um, deployments. You know, what – what do you you mentioned the auto and the property and the flood um is there a is there one that you get the most of or you get 
do you get phone calls after phone calls or do you reach out to, to folks or, or do you wait for them to call or, or what, how does that look? Well, it's a mixture of both, mm-hmm. um, depending on the day of the week. Um, whenever there's, and, and I, I kind of coined a little phrase for myself. I try to tell adjusters when I speak to them, I try to be very personable with them because, you know, people connect to realness. And so I try to teach, tell them and teach them, turn your television on the money channel. And that's the weather channel. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. Because if this is the industry that you're going in and you're going to be serious about it, this is where you want to make sure that you hone in and you you sharpen your 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 axe and you make sure that you got your craft all together. Mm-hmm. So when those those phones start ringing, when they see something churning out in the golf or even the hail states, um, you know, when there's hail when hail season comes between February and August, the phone starts ringing off the hooks. We really try to help them and navigate them then with deployments about, um, well, I'm on your standby roster. So a day in the life of an HR associate goes like this. We're constantly building a roster. That roster is live. It is Mm -hmm. a live, living, breathing document. People come off rosters every day. They are added every day. They're moved from one preference to the other every day licenses expire every day all of that has to be um, governed every day with us because we don't know at the at the drop of a hat a deployment happens that roster is our bible we've got to go to we've got to rely on it Mm -hmm. and so to keep it up live in living color every day that's the main portion of our job so how does that look Phone calls come in. Well, um, just calling to see if you got anything, if you guys got an deployment. Well, no, not right now. But we're making sure that we're keeping the roster up. We go into that profile. The first thing we're looking for is that home state license. That's where our eyes fall to. Want to make sure that home state license is up to date. If that home state license is expired, everything else is expired. It's almost a domino effect. It's a good point. Everything. It doesn't matter if you've got everything else up to date. If that home state is expired, everything is moot at that yeah, point. You're out. Yeah. You're out. So we talk to them about that. When's the last time? And then we go right into the DOI and we make sure because we can't take your word for it. We have to make sure that the company is covered. We go into the DOI. We make sure that the DOI says that that license is good to go. Or if it's not, we say, listen, it's not. You may want to get up on top of that. You may want to get that. You know, and once you do, it does not self-populate, get back in touch with us so that we can update this profile. So with uh, deployments, we do. We we pull from those rosters. We pull from those who have done everything we've asked them to do and has checked all the boxes. Mm -hmm. We make sure that, um, especially if they've already had deployments with us, you know, um, we there's a behavior that we keep in in intact here. You know, um, there's a way to be an adjuster. You can't just come in and do things your own way. There is a CNC way mm-hmm. and that matters. So all of those things go into play when it comes to being deployed here with CNC. And we have to make sure as recruiters, we have to make sure that all of these things are checked off before we can bring you in into the call center or before we can deploy you to go out. 
into the field. Hey, everybody, back again for another Mythbuster segment of the New Adjuster podcast here on season two. This week's myth or misconception um, that we're going to deal with today is a lot of people think that whenever they're preparing for deployment and they're trying to think of which bucket do I fit into, which role do I want to take, field or desk, a big misconception with new folks is I'd rather do the desk because the field seems super overwhelming, getting on a roof and having all these tools and measuring. They think that that's the meat and potatoes. Not that it's not important, but they think I'd rather do the desk adjusting. That feels like a little bit less work. How would you say that's probably a, a big misconception, David? For me, it is. Uh, doing, having been on both ends of it, you know, you get a, I've, I had a newfound respect for a desk in the field uh, when doing both. The desk adjuster really is the, they own the claim right. from start to finish. Right. They are the coordinator. So they're responsible for the overall performance of that claim. They make initial contact <clears throat> with the policyholder. They set all the expectations. They help the field adjuster with coordination of their inspection. They review their file, and then they follow up with the policyholder throughout the claim, make sure their answers, uh, they have answers to their questions, the claim settled, and they're satisfied ultimately. So um, you know, I, I think that's, that's there's a huge misconception. Yeah, and I think to piggyback on that too, the desk adjuster's process has a much longer tail than maybe the field adjuster's does. There's a lot of paperwork that goes into it. So again, another big myth when it comes to claims handling is that the desk is the easier of the two buckets to actually get involved in. All right, welcome back, everybody. We're going to jump right into kind of part two of our session with Deshaun Taylor. Deshaun, we talked a lot about what you want to do as far as dominating the off season, right? But let's be honest, we're in hurricane season right now. You know, hurricane season has already begun. Cats are right around the corner. They're going to happen, you know, in those southeastern states, most likely. I don't want to promise that they're going to happen, but odds are we may have a hurricane. We will most likely have a hurricane. So when you got people that want to be on rosters, they want to be on cat deployment rosters. What are some tools that they need to have right now? And if they don't have them, they got to get on the ball of getting them. Whether it's, you know, let's start, for instance, like a field adjuster. What are some th- certain things that they've got to have, you know, softwares and just everyday tools in order to do their job most effectively? Excellent question. So here, this, as a matter of fact, this week alone, we've we've been bombarded with that specific question. And so um we, we already have the answer for them while it is, uh, you know, a short time to work with. It's possible. Right. It can, you can get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to you got to be committed to it, though. So what does that look like? First thing you do, you go get that home state license, get mm-hmm. that test done. We've already discussed that. After you get that home state license, begin to invest in yourself. And I tell them, you know, to the young ladies, I tell them, listen, it's 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 a nail appointment. You know, it's it's giving up a happy meal. Go out. There are certain licenses that are so reasonable that you can purchase that license and it, it'll be life changing as far as, you know, like like um, Mr. What's, James said earlier, it pays for itself. What's what's the cost of Texas? So Texas is one ten. OK, but we have Michigan. It's less than 20 bucks. Right. We have Kentucky. It's about 50 bucks. So it is an investment, you know, um, but again, you have to be certain, is this really what you want to do? Or is this just something you want to do because you heard about it? Right. You know, and so if you really want to do this, there is the there is an, 
an amazing opportunity to be the greatest, the best, and the baddest in such a short period of time. Mm -hmm. sure. Because after you get those licenses, now let's get registered into some certifications and get those done. They're, yeah. they're normally done through webinars. You can get that done in your own time at night. Right. Um, what does that look like as far as training? Okay, we have webinars. We offer Xactimate training. If you want to go to the field, you got to have that Xactimate training. We have one of the best and brightest <laughs> right here among us with the Xactimate. She's talking about David you. James. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah, and like boot camps for family jobs. Boot camps, yeah. absolutely. We have rope and harness training. We have um, boot camp actually encompasses about four days. And boot camp is, is just what it sounds like. It's about four days of field training to get you ready and prepared. I think it takes away the jitters for all the new adjusters who, who have the questions of, okay, what do I do when I get down there? Like, what's the first thing I do? And I think that's where the boot camp comes in and, and it makes you settle a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, we have the exact analysis, again, Mr. Bugs, best, best and brightest. We have that training as well. Um, we have the flood fundamentals for those who want to do flood. We have those fundamental classes. We have face-to-face -face classes. Um, those who are able to come into um, CNC here on the on the campus. We also have webinars. If you can't come in, there's no excuse. You can do it at your own leisure. We have private classes. We have public classes. Private meaning those that are staffed, those that are already rostered. These are things that will move you further and further and closer, I'm sorry, closer and closer to being placed on that standby roster. And if we're looking at your dedication, and you're checking off all the boxes. Okay, I came. Not only do you receive CMC points for coming to the training, you're also making a, an impression on the the um, the HR rep like myself that says, okay, this guy's really committed. They're they're serious. Let's put them on that roster. Let's get them a shot. Yeah, I, I know. One of the things I always heard when I first got started that somebody told me was stay relevant. Yes. You know, stay relevant. Keep as much as you as many phone calls as you get. Yeah. One extra one's not going to send you yeah. over the edge. You know, call them, stay on their yes. mind, stay up to date. Mm -hmm. Let them know, hey, I got my Michigan license or yes. I, you know, reciprocated and got Florida, you know, last week. You know, right. stay relevant. Let people keep hearing your name because right. the more you stay in the forefront of people's mind, the more likely they are to either get rostered or right. get selected or get deployed mm -hmm. for a particular cat. Mm -hmm. So I think that's super important as a new adjuster, mm -hmm. you know, to stay relevant and stay on people's mind. You know, that's keep right. calling, keep shooting them emails and let them know, hey, I'm up to date on this. I added right. this. I just went through this training. Right. Because to your point, if they stay relevant and they stay on your mind, mm -hmm. well, most likely they'll end up on a deployment roster. It's just yeah, the way it works. Absolutely. And we tell them, you're not going to get on my nerve. Right. You may think that you are, but there are several ways to reach us. You can reach us by text. You can reach us by email. You can reach us by phone call. And every time that an adjuster calls, and this is just FYI to all the adjusters who's watching and tuning in, every time you guys call, there's a note that's being placed in your profile. Right. So that if some other HR rep sees that, that same profile, the first thing we're trained to do is go to that profile, go to that notebook. And we can see how many times they've called. Okay, they're serious. Right. Versus those who, well, they rarely call. They never. The first thing we want to know when a deployment comes and we go to that profile and we look at it, we go into that notebook. Okay, I haven't heard from you since uh, about two and a half years ago. Yeah, nah. Mm -hmm. Right. Because there are certifications that have to be, you know, updated. They All of these things have to be updated on a running basis. Like I said, that roster is live. 
Right. And it is a living, breathing document. So, yeah, absolutely. Name recognition, you want me to know your name. Right. You do. Yeah, yeah. very good point. Yeah. Squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? That's right. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a fact. I say um, it all the time. <laughs> one of the things that I want to uh, bring up as far as uh, we haven't really said, but we talked about being deployed, and it still applies to the new adjuster um, one deployment, three deployments, two deployments, however long they are, mm-hmm. but maintaining professionalism, yes. uh, being ethical. Um, one thing that I learned when I first got into it was you're you're only as good as your last That's file. Right. Yep. That's right. Right. So yeah. the way you um, handle yourself, know that. I mean, we can you know in a cat world, mm-hmm. you can only work when there's claims. Mm-hmm. So. Don't take it too personal. If mm-hmm. we don't have, if there's no claim volume, there's no work, right? Right. So, just, just, how do you do? You come into conversation, or do they ask you how long is this deployment going to last? Right. And do you have that conversation with them and, and explain to them as you know, we want you to work, but we we got to have the work mm-hmm. for you. And remember that you know you're, you're only as good as the last claim that you work. Absolutely, excellent question. So, <clears throat> yes, we do have that conversation it's mm-hmm. it's pretty tough conversation but we have to have it mm-hmm. um, the reality of it is when you get deployed you have to be willing to work anywhere from two weeks to a year mm-hmm. with a cat that's all in your contract especially right. if you're on that field mm-hmm. um, with desk deployments we had a lot this past season with Hurricane Ian we had a lot of adjusters that were out of state mm-hmm. but the carrier desired that all of the adjusters work on the campus in the call center. Yeah, on site. Yeah. So we had adjusters that came in, and while the money sounded good, you have to do a cost of cost analysis right. for your own life. Right. You know, so does this make sense for me to come down, spend the time and money to come down to the city um, from being so far away? And while that being said, they get here, you give them a shot, they get here, and about a month in, here comes the complaining. Oh, well, I didn't know it was going to last this long. Yeah, you did. We had to explain that. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't know that it was going to cost this much. Uh, Yeah, you did. We had to explain that. So while the money sounds good, I don't want to send this, this, this misconception out here. With adjusters, as in, it's going to be all a flower bed of ease, and you're just going to be able to sit back and just watch the door roll on in. Listen, this is a real job where you're going to have to put in the real work. Mm-hmm. And does it is it feasible for you to come down from eight hours away or 12 hours away and expect to work seven days a week, 10 hours a day? Mm-hmm. You got to kind of do that feasibility with yourself. Mm-hmm. So, again... You know, those are some of the points that I'd like to put out there, you know, right right now, right now, because I don't want to get back into a, a, another episode because then that goes over into what you spoke about with the character, because you start to see characters come out. You start to see the real that real person come out because now they're in a place of frustration. Mm-hmm. They're in a they're in a position of helplessness. And I and I take personal accountability 
for that because I don't want to set you up to fail. Right. You know, um, because again, it's all about the policyholder at that point. That's exactly right. right. And we've been talking a lot about cats too. We've been yes. talking about, you know, hurricane deployments, hailstorm deployments, flood events, that mm-hmm. that type of thing. You know, there is still a possibility to be deployed for daily claims, right? To Correct. work year round, to work in the off season, in the spring, as you get more towards the fall. Mm-hmm. Do you have some people that maybe come from a daily environment and move over towards a cat environment? Or is that is that feasible? Is it possible to go from one to the other? I know it's two really different worlds. You know, on property, you may be dealing with plumbing leaks and then mm-hmm. you deal with wind claims. Is mm-hmm. it possible to go from one to the next? Do you have that happen a lot? Yes, sir. Here at CNC, I, I coined this phrase, another phrase, where I said we're, we're, like, we're like batters. Every batter has to come out of the dugout. Mm-hmm. So every one of us has an opportunity to get their, 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 um, their um, opportunity at bat. What you do with it is going to depend on your training. Right. So can you move from dailies to, to, to cats? Yes, you can. The, all of that's stated in the contract, especially if you're working in the field. Is that a different world? Yes and no for the field adjuster. I mm-hmm. think field is field. Right. Those guys are out there. They know what to expect. They know what to look for. Volume, I think, is the question. Sure. You know, um, can it be a whole different world when it as it relates to the volume? Absolutely, it can. Right. Now, when it comes to the disc, can they do di- can they do um, cat deployment versus um, just regular daily work? Yes, they can, but but they can't do it at the same time. Contract right. won't allow it to right. be so. But again, it all comes down to volume. And we do. We have opportunities. We have daily opportunities all the time. And I love CNC for that because not only does um, auto get to work year round, there is some property that gets to work year round. Sure. Even flood. They get to work year round. And we have those special guys and, and ladies that are out there that are so committed to it that. They make their living based on their daily claims, yeah. and they're okay with traveling a little bit farther than they normally would in the off season, even during the storm season. Some tell us, "Well, I don't want to be on your cat roster. I just want to continue with my daily claims, and I'm okay with sure. that." And so we we want you to be right where you want to be. We don't want to put you somewhere you don't want to be because we want to make sure that you're thriving. Oh, yeah. uh, going back to the. The professionalism and the you know being ethical, uh, you know, coming into a firm, uh, not so much remote, but coming into a firm on site and working, you know, you have a lot of uh, personalities. Yes, uh, a, a pretty good mixture of, of yeah. folks. So you got to be able to adapt to that. Right. Um, you know, it, it, does that come up in conversation as far as um, you know expectations? What uh, what are we what are we looking at? What do I expect? Um, how does that play into you know some type of deployment? Yes, sir. Um, well, again, because you got to be coachable. I guess is what you I'm do. Trying to be you at. do. You, you do. You can't take offense to to anything. Absolutely. Um, I, and if I can find if I can find a way <clears throat> to offend you, just at first initial contact then I know that somewhere along the way, this may not, maybe not this season. Yeah. You may mm-hmm. not be ready. 
Right. Um, but the reality of it is we do. We run into that a lot. But we don't just X you out. We try to, you know, kind of grab you by the hand and just kind of walk you through it and let you know that this is going to translate over to the policyholder. Mm-hmm. And that just simply cannot happen because you have to empathize and ask yourself, what if this was me? What if this was my mom or my sister or my family? And so going back to those that, that ethics question, it comes back to that. And so if, if it's frustrating on this side of it, this early in, mm-hmm. you may want to take a step back. And just kind of glance at it again and see, because this is a very fast pace. You know, when you get on that phone, you have to make that first contact. You're thinking about talking to policyholders whose house is underwater. They're not going to be their kindest and nicest selves when they're speaking. And you don't get a second chance to get a bite at that apple. You know, um, you're going to be you're going to be our front line of customer service with that holder. So we try to, we don't weed you out per se, but we definitely try to arrest your panic and kind of give you a roadmap as in, you know, this is going to be fast paced. If you're not, if you don't feel comfortable now, tell me now, speak up now. You're not going to, you you won't be placed in a a basket and just pushed off to the Mm -hmm. side. We don't lose adjusters. We absolutely don't. I've even gone so far, as a matter of fact, case in point yesterday, if I might um, throw this out there. Sure. Talked to a young lady yesterday. She has tons of licenses, never been deployed. But she was able to communicate to me that she has so many fears, so much trepidation about getting deployed. Mm-hmm. I offered her an admin position. Admin, you don't have to have any experience. You don't even have to have a license. You just have to have a willingness and a compassion to want to come in, learn the job. They're doing the FNOLs, the first notice of losses. They're making those calls. She was, I mean, to hear her conversation go from the fear and the panic and and to go straight into, oh my God, that I never knew that, that, oh, I love that. Can I do that? Had no idea that was even an option. Right. But I would love for her to just to see her, you know, just come out of her shell and grow into the the position versus just going straight into the position, if that makes sense. Yeah. Man, it's funny you say that because, you know, that's how I got started. Are you serious? I went into an administrative uh, role before there was any type of cat. I was was actually working claims or not working claim, excuse me, not working claims, but document claims in mm-hmm. processing appointments, making wow. scheduling appointments for field adjusters. Wow. Um, didn't have a license, but I eventually got my license. But that's where I first started. And, and I'm I'm glad that I did because I learned the system. Right. I learned the terminology. Mm-hmm. I got a, a feel for how things flow. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when a catastrophe hit, I took advantage of the opportunity and I've never looked back. Mm. So um, being able to... Um, have a sense of appreciation for everybody involved in the claims process. Wow. Um, you know, it, it gives you a, a broad uh, spectrum on how things wow. work. Wow. That is so big. Mm-hmm. That is so big because I think it, I think <clears throat> it, it demonstrates the commitment, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then it, it gives you that room to grow. 
and yep. it builds that confidence mm-hmm. to be able to, okay, now I feel better. Right. I feel better about being able to step up because she's got the licenses, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the difference between putting her out li- as a licensed adjuster versus placing her in a position where she will ultimately win mm-hmm. is, is really what it's all about. And right. it's so gratifying to be in HR. It really is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, too, and David spoke from experience as well, you know, they they come in at an admin level and they start out. It may be not that they're not ready, to your point. They may have certifications and licenses. They've got all the tools they need to, but the anxiety level above all of it is being somebody brand new, a new adjuster. You're worried day one before you've ever started. You've been through every training class that David or Craig or myself has done, Mm -hmm. but you still got that level of anxiety. And it's all about getting your foot in the door and getting that first opportunity. You get your first opportunity and then you can grow from there. You can keep taking training classes. You can keep bettering yourself and Mm -hmm. gaining more knowledge and more expertise. But it's really all about getting your foot in the door and just getting started somewhere Mm -hmm. and then Lord knows where that can take you. You you can take off from there and go to heights you never imagined. You may think, I just want to be a desk adjuster. Before you know it, you're doing field, field adjusting. You're doing auto adjusting, and you just kind of go from there. But I think the biggest thing is getting your foot in the door. Yes, sir. Talk to RDL. Let them know, hey, and I think it's that what you talked about, too. Speak up in the beginning. You know, if you are worried, if you got anxiety, you know, that happens with everybody. I know me in particular, my Mm -hmm. first deployment when I drove to Chicago, Illinois, I'm going over the Dolly Parton Bridge and I'm going, Uh what the heck am I doing? I don't know where I'm going. I think I know what I'm doing. But, yeah, it's. It's a lot up front, but well, everybody gets over that. Everybody goes through that the very first time absolutely. when they start working. Yeah, absolutely. Exhibit A. I yeah. was, uh, yeah. yeah, I was the first deployment as an adjuster, a desk adjuster. I sat down. I'll never forget. I sat down and turned the computer on, and I had over seventy claims assigned to me, and I was like, "Where do I start? <laughs> Where yeah. do I start? Yeah. Wow. What, just, what just happened? Yeah. Mm. But I was fortunate enough to to be surrounded." <clears throat> excuse me, and sit with people that helped me. So, you know, from a, a seasoned uh, person, pay it back. You were there, mm-hmm. you know, in mm-hmm. in the new adjuster shoes at one point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pay it back. Yeah, and yeah. that's good stuff. To you. Honestly, good stuff. this was all good stuff. Mm-hmm. This was Absolutely. all good stuff. This was a great Q&A. Deshaun, I can't tell you how much we appreciate Aww, it. Yeah. We get to work guys. with you every day, so we have that pleasure, but the folks listening and watching, yeah. you know, they may not yet, but I'm telling you, she's fantastic. She's somebody you want to you want to have your name on her radar. It's somebody wow. that you're going to want to deal with because um, she is. She's going to set you up for success. So I can't tell you how much we yeah. appreciate you being here. We're thank super you. thankful that you were able to thank join you. us and, and go through this with us. Um, so big thank you time. to you. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, you know y'all are my heroes. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I told both of you yesterday that I'm a, when I grow up, I'll be just like y'all. Well, there's still time. Yeah. There's still time. <laughs> Thanks again, Deshaun. Thank you so much. I appreciate yep. it. Yes, my Thank you, everybody, for watching and or listening again for episode two of the New Adjuster Podcast Season 2. If you missed our first episode, go back and give it a watch or a listen on our Apple, Spotify, and or YouTube channels. Like and subscribe. And even go back and see our Season 1 of the New Adjuster Podcast as we had some fantastic guests that we had there as well. As we look forward to our next episode of the New Adjuster Podcast, we go into the world of remote desk adjusting and how does that operate? How does that process work? Again, thanks everybody for joining and like and subscribe our videos. We will see you on the next episode of the New Adjuster Podcast.